Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's good, Internet? It's Monday, August 10th, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 335. I'm your host, Austin Walker. I'm joined today by Gita Jackson. Hello, I'm Gita. Ricardo Contreras. Hello. And Rob Zachney. Good morning. Rob, do you feel rejuvenated from your time away? Did we just not line up, or did you actually take time off? No, I took some time off. Okay. How you feeling? I'm feeling like I could use more time off. Yeah, I got you. I <laughs> yeah. feel you. It was like yeah, one of those things. <laughs> you take some time off, and you're like, man, I am crushing it on vacation. <laughs> like, I was looking at my little day planner, my little, uh, my, my little journal, and I was like, Man, I watched movies, I exercised every day, I kept a clean house, I talked with my partner, played with my dog, like, I did it all, and all it took was not working <laughs> at all. <laughs> Unfortunate to to our, our way of being, we all have to keep working, uh, and the rest of our lives get to fall to hell. Uh, in any case, in lighter news, <laughs> did you play any video games while you were on that break? <laughs> That Did would constitute work, actually, in, in a weird way. But yeah, well, I can tell you one thing that definitely constituted uh, work. I was checking out Horizon Zero Dawn on PC. Oh no! And oh no, is it bad? I am one of the lucky ones oh. who is not having massive technical difficulties with that game. Uh, a manual, apparently, it is crashing every like fifteen minutes. Uh, oh, so it that's is exactly how long you'd like to play a game: fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. <laughs> Well, with this one, like, it is extremely, like, sorry to retread a conversation from, like, literally years ago on this uh-huh. podcast, but it is an extremely open-world-ass action game. Uh, it, like, everything that I've come to get a little exhausted with, like, the Assassin's Creed series or anything sort of playing in those waters, Horizon Zero Dawn is kind of doing all of it. Uh, and so even though it is, like, a really pretty game in a weird like um Terrence Malick's avatar uh is the way I would describe it's that's it's so lighting. accurate that's on the nose everything happens in golden hour in that game yeah but it's, it but it's also avatar Pandora. yeah <laughs> exactly uh but but then the thing is like I, I do find that pretty, even if it's a little overstated, but then a lot of that world tends to fall away from me just because this is such a game where you like you set your waypoint, you go, you run, and they're like, kill a bunch of these robot deer. And I'm like, sure, I'll kill robot deer. And like I'm literally just navigating from point to point. And I think it's been kind of I, I think this game has helped me sort of dial in what is frustrating me with 
all open world game design, which is literally it is just it is just an errand simulator. Uh-huh. And mm. that world just falls away because you don't see it in the same way you just don't see when you have to go to like four different stores, you know, while while you're out, uh-huh. you kind of just tune out the world and you are just literally like, okay, what's what's my cross street? Uh what's yep. what intersection? And you don't yeah. see anything. You're out of the world. Yeah, so much so that when I go to the mall with my mom and she demands that we check on things in between our destination, I get pissed because I'm like, we're not supposed to see the world here. This is uh, a task with very specific right, waypoints. Right, no, no. Right. I, I. It's interesting. My boyfriend, um, David, my boyfriend, David, who I live with, so of course I talk about it all the time, um, he started playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey and he fell off of it in the exact same way that I did, which is that he realized all the missions are the same thing. It's go to this place, talk to this guy and kill a bunch of people. And no matter how much fun he was having kind of just wandering around, every time he had to interact with the game part of the game, he was like, I don't want to do this boring shit. I'm just having more fun being an eagle and riding my horse around. But even that, you know, like has its limitations. Yeah, I I am almost wondering if maybe I should be turning up the difficulty on some of these games. Like AC can make fighting hard. Horizon Zero Dawn, those animals could fuck you up conceivably. Yeah, but the weird thing is I'm just not confident that increasing the difficulty would make those systems more rewarding. So Horizon Zero Dawn, the way it opens is like literally you have to go kill these robot herd animals. It's a whole thing. Don't worry about it. It's the premise of the game. Uh, you know, it's it's the the Great Plains of uh, the world are being roamed by Robo Bison, basically, right. and you have to go and uh, just ruthlessly slaughter them uh, because this is, of course, the way of the tribes. Right. No, this game uh, started with a whiteboard that said "use every part of the robot" on it. Yeah, <laughs> and the thing is, like. You aim for the weak points and they've got little gas tanks on their back and little like glowing eyeballs. You shoot them out. And if you don't do if you miss, uh, you don't do the critical damage. So they will come charge you and and wreck you. But the thing is, like, I could see maybe it would be interesting if like really landing the shots mattered rather than just being the signal to start dodge rolling and just spamming arrow fire into them until they die. But I'm not confident that that would actually pay off making the game harder, right? In the same way that Assassin's Creed, do I want those fights to be harder? Because there's a billion of them in that game. So to a degree, the lack of challenge and the fact you can button mash your way through a lot of it is kind of built in to make the game frictionless because it's just kind of this like massive content drop. And so it's a really weird thing. What does difficulty mean um, uh, in, in, in a game like this? Um, in, in the best case example, what I want from a more difficult mode in a game, especially in an action game, is to push me to use strategies I wouldn't use traditionally, to make me use every tool in my box, to make me feel more expressive. Uh, uh, and when I played Horizon Zero Dawn, like the thing that I come back to again and again was like I was basically using – the same set of solutions for every single fight. You eventually get this arrow type that is very good at breaking armor off. Um, and it was a combination of that and another thing that was just like every animal or every robot animal was beaten by a combination of the same like three arrows and the same general strategy about keeping a certain distance, you know, uh, recovering my stamina or health or whatever it was, and just like slowly beating the shit out of these things. 
Um, and I can't I, – I don't remember if I actually tried a harder difficulty mode. I don't remember how the difficult – if you could change it in the middle like that. But if you told me like, oh, the harder difficulty force it would force me out of that, I probably would have had a better time with it. So maybe give it a shot. Um, but I also just – I don't – I never felt in that game once you had your kit that there were enough options that made me feel like I was do- – it always just felt like execution, not like experimentation. If that makes sense. When you first meet a new thing, it felt good. Because like, yo, what the fuck is that? How do I, where is it weak? But the second you know that it's weak in the neck instead of the heart or instead of the stump, whatever it is, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, now I'm just going to do that same thing 80 times. I'm going to fight yep. one of these things 80 times. Um, and that just, that that really ended up like tiring me out. So if it was that and then also every 15 minutes I was crashing, no, I'm good. <laughs> I don't understand how you ship a port that's that busted in 2020. Like I mean, I guess I do. I there's all sort of resourcing and 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 you know who's on the project and blah blah blah. But it's the expectation feels like it's been set that PC ports of console games have have a very have a very certain minimum standard at this point. Not um, crashing every fifteen minutes. Is not part crashing of that is a big yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, and it feels like Sony's making this sort of a point of pride, right? Where it's like we're bringing our games to PC. Like here's mm-hmm. some of the great games from the uh, the world of Sony, and this would have been a flagship to show, like, look how good this game can look on your uh, on your rig or battle station, however you prefer to play. Right. Sure. Uh, but <laughs> it seems like it's really inconsistent. Even my experience was weird. The first time I launched it. It did this thing, a lot of games do this, where it launches and it's like, we're optimizing performance. And I'm like, okay, sure, you're going to benchmark some stuff. And then, I'm gonna, and then, of course, I'm going to change my settings on the back end of that anyway, uh, because who are you to tell me uh, that I don't get to do the 8x anti-aliasing? Um, that, uh-huh. is, that is my birthright. Uh, and if it just kills the frame rate, <laughs> then I will eat that. I will, I will pay that price, bear any burden. Um, but the optimization step went for like 20 minutes, like, like the game launched. And for 20 minutes, it was like, we're optimizing your experience and just like glacially ticking up a a percent meter that went to the hundredth of a percent to let you know, like exactly where you were in the optimization process. And then when all was said and done, it launched into the game on my 4k TV at a resolution of like, 1600 by like a thousand or something so it was like like voxels yeah that's weird that's weird that's weird it is weird that Um, feels bizarre they get rid of those uh white girl dreadlocks or not is that still in there uh still in there the hair looks good (laughs) like the hair tech is look he's Here's the thing for the dreadlocks on me, for me, like after all these years, after all these years of thinking about these white girl dreadlocks is like you couldn't have hit a trope that wasn't just so fucking corny ass. Mm-hmm. Like just like he, she looks like Poochie. OK, like, you know, like she just looks dumb. Like this is the, the, my, my main thing. I don't really want to debate the ethics of dreadlocks uh-huh. for the rest no, of my fucking life. Shit They're just also. corny. They look dumb. Uh, the white people don't have the hair that can make the dreadlocks look nice. It's they true. don't. It's they true. get just gnats in their hair and it looks nasty. You see a black person with dreadlocks, with black hair dreads naturally. It looks good. It looks I'm clean. Just, I, You'd think her adoptive father would have taught her that. Like, he braids <laughs> her hair. Yeah. Braids. Right. He's he's like, right. This is how I rock it. Yeah. And uh-huh. she's like, no, I'm going to put a little more product in there. 
Yeah, uh, so I'm gonna, gonna I'm gonna, gonna wrap go. these up. Gonna back home and I'm then never do any upkeep ever. Uh-huh. Yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Anyway, like she's gonna sell me some oregano at a I mean, college party. Anyway, <laughs> the 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 thing that's that's I mean, obviously to some degree, this is like, hey, we want you to play this game, and then the sequel's coming out, and you're gonna want to play the sequel because you played the original, and maybe that'll make you get a PS5. Like, I don't expect the next Horizon game to come out on PC at launch. It'll probably be a year or two later, just like this was. Um, this was like three years later. Uh, uh, but I, but I am still surprised because I mean, I guess what I'm about to say, actually, now that I think about it, uh, doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't actually add up this way, but I thought the death stranding release was really good is my understanding. And that's not a, that's not a first party game in the same way. Um, uh, but I would have thought that it would have been a very similar process in terms of the port, but maybe I'm, I mean, I don't know shit about game development is what I'm, re- what I'm revealing. Um, has anyone played the death stranding? I have played some PC of it. Release? I know Rob played it too. And how how is that? I've heard good things, but well, I mean, a lot of my experience playing it has been putting it on uh, every Friday for shop for Shabbat dinner. David makes me chili, which is like an hourish process, and I try to throw on some games after work because he's just going to go straight into the cooking. And uh, Death Stranding was a game that I played there. I have really not gotten into the bulk of it yet. Um, because I forgot how many cutscenes are in that game, yeah. and I gotta say, everyone looks so fucking beautiful, <laughs> and it ran without a hitch. I like that. Like, I mean, my computer is pretty nice, but like on the highest settings, it was just like absolutely beat for beat, no hitching at all, smooth as butter. Looked amazing. Looked amazing on PC. Like yeah. really, like being closer to it somehow. You know, I, I was motivated to actually try to finish the game on PC in a way that I wasn't on uh, PS4 just by being able to marvel at its beauty. Yeah, I would say it's um it is a really gorgeous port. I think the funny thing is what it doesn't do is it's not doing a whole lot of like PC flattery, uh which some ports like made the decision to be like hey, like here's all these options that didn't exist in the console version like for you, uh, you know, like AMD folks, like here is, you know, here's what's possible with, with those rendering things. Here's some NVIDIA proprietary options that we're sort of tossing in there for you to, to say that like, ah, now I'm having the best experience possible. Uh, Death Stranding looks like Death Stranding. And I think that's probably a good thing, right? Like I, I and the game has a really considered aesthetic uh on the pc it is just that it's not trying to like artificially boost that with like hey you know what this game needed a lot more of uh god rays uh (laughs) you know that is that is not what that game really is that's not what its look is and so it's really fuss free to flatter Hideo Kojima's pretensions of cinema this is like just a a a really nice remaster you know (laughs) solid transfer it's really solid transfer where the colors are, they're very true to what the colors originally were. Blacks are just as crunchy. The sound is just as, you know, just as impactful. Uh, it really does. I mean, for my money, I think it's maybe the the walking mechanics. Uh, may, the, the controller version of the walking mechanics might feel more true to what they are supposed oh, to be, sure. yeah. which is like feeling like hiking. You're supposed to feel like hiking with a uh, WASD and using your mouse. It's just easier. 
it's just much easier <laughs> to walk sense. around, which makes, makes oh, me feel it, like is it really easy to correct your balance just with like yes. a keystroke? That's it, I mean, you you hit yeah. both. Um, my hands are just faster now because I play more shooters on PC. Like I, you hit both of the buttons on the mouse to collect, correct your balance. And of course, having played a lot of shooters, I'm very twitchy with my fingers on the buttons on the mouse now. Right. So, yeah, it's, that's not what Hideo wanted. No, Hideo wanted you to be like, whoa, my whole body is, yeah. is stumbling across like, these rocks. Shit, fucking sound, goddammit. What are yeah. the limits of the human body? I'm playing the Xbox controller, though, and that does feel the way it was intended. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, this is nice. Oh, this is good. I you can- feel like the man's is hiking when you The man's is hiking. Control. Yeah. But listen, if you build with other people, you have to rely on your own body less, and that means that... that you know, by by through community, you can solve some problems. What? So, Rob, are you have you you beat this game already? Yeah. Right. But you, so you're just are you just like in tourist mode? Are you just like let me just revisit some Death Stranding? And- I was revisiting. I was also just curious how some of the shit would land now yeah. in COVID world. Yeah, it's like and trite it- to make the comparison at a certain point, but at the same time, there's a there is a real curiosity about it that I have that I share with you. Yeah, yeah. Some I will say I found it less resonant hits. than I thought. Oh, really? really? The beginning yeah. portion, I feel like, about bringing America together, the basic premise, once it's introdu- introduced to you, I felt like came over me in waves, where I was like, yeah, that's just uh, just a description of my life, huh? <laughs> but <laughs> well, and, yeah, maybe the later, once you get into more of the plot-specific stuff, specific. The, the thing that I keep thinking about it is, like, it was a metaphor for stuff that already existed, right? Like, I get it that it's like to – I get why people go to the – like, yes, a plague destroyed the country and separated people. And there's an extra reliance on telecommunications and establishing new networks. And da, da, da. Like, I, I get I get what the lead-in is and you're carrying a baby around in the thing and masks. I get it. But, like, all of that was metaphorical for things that Kojima already saw in the world and – to some degree, I hope that the whoa, it's like the coronavirus before the coronavirus doesn't supplant that that stuff. Not that that stuff landed for everyone, to be clear. And I didn't even finish the game, but like that—that's what it was. It was already doing a certain sort of work, it, and that work was not was not literally speculative in the "this is what the future holds" way. Uh, it's not—it's not a game about. I mean, I guess in some ways it is a game about like. Uh, uh, ecological disaster, but it wasn't. It's not a game thematically about what would happen if a crisis occurred. It's a game about a crisis that's already occurred. That's like what it's. That's the 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 thematic work that that the game is already doing. If that makes sense. Yeah. I yeah, know. I feel like um, it, it presents the world pre-COVID as already being in crisis, which I agree with, absolutely. Maybe not the specific things that Hideo Kojima thinks are <laughs> in crisis, but don't really give a shit about social media likes, my guy. Right. Don't don't yeah. think that's part of this at all. <laughs> but I feel like and being in a situation where the disconnect between people was truly like very much emphasized in every part of my life and where... One time, I my PC broke down, and Jason from Motherboard needed to get my work PC from work and give it to me. And I had this moment when he arrived on my doorstep where I truly had forgotten what you say <laughs> to other people when you see them. So I just put my hand up for the laptop, and he was like, hello, Gita, hello. <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> I felt really dumb. <laughs> like, but it, 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 you did sort of get... To that experience where, like, someone delivering something to you is the most shining, l- brightest light you've ever seen in your life. But I don't 
think that that is the thing that the game is trying to say about human interaction and human connection, right? I don't know. I think it might be because this is the weird. This is the weird thing with that game is even at the time it was clearly like kind of at war with its meanings where it was like, oh man, this isn't real connection, but also <laughs> like maybe it is. Like uh-huh. the likes are sweet. The way we show a little appreciation for each other. Uh, yeah, it's very, it's because you be on that phone, but also don't you love your fucking phone? And also, yeah, but also like, genuinely. Also, yeah. also the, the, the places where you left likes tended to be material infrastructure. It's not like you weren't liking something, you weren't liking things in a background social media feed. You were liking things at a recharge station or at like a, a little emoji that let you speed up or recharge your gasoline, you know, your your fuel thing. So it yeah, isn't like isn't it was just... a, an idealist, you know, paradise where just words are floating in the in the ether. It was You had to be in the network in a real way. So I, I think it was already, you're right that it was at odds with itself, um, uh, but also I, that that might be part of why I liked that stuff. Well, and I think the other thing is it's portrayal of this like post-disaster humanity, like sort of uh, clinging to the edges of existence and not sure like how much longer it's going to continue on is a lot of people who've retreated into hobbyism and enthusiasm Mm. and uh, you know, little manias. And that is not portrayed negatively really. That is, it is a, it is a game with a great deal of respect for people's weird obsessions and like the shit they're into. And so the weird thing about death stranding that I think maybe does still resonate uh, and maybe resonates a little better in given what's happened is that from the first, like death stranding was a game where to your point, Gita, like somebody bringing you the shit you need to like continue, like not, not saying like, Jason was bringing you a work computer, right? Like to an extent you do need that to work, but also my relationship with my computer is about way more than work, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was devastated for more than just not being able to the podcast. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, And so like the notion of like someone showing up and like, Hey, you know, those, you know, those DVDs you wanted, uh, you know that new transfer that Criterion just put out. That mm-hmm. person coming through the chaos and is like, "Here you go, it's in your box now." And you just like hustle out to your mailroom. You grab it. You scuttle back inside, <laughs> shut the door again, and are like, "Great, I'm good. I got what I need. I've got this. I've got this stack of DVDs to get, to get me through the next like three weeks." Maybe uh, the ten pound bag of Sour Patch watermelon that I got is a better example than my work laptop for that. For that <laughs> <instance>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, there is like there One was flavor for sour a moment. Patch. Sour patch watermelon. Have you not yeah. do yeah. not know about they're like that? They're little watermelons. They're cute. They're the best ones. They're they're good. They're, they're the best movie candy of all time. I, I like the mix of sour patch kids. But yeah. I but watermelon's my favorite, but I do like the variety. This is the dilemma. Mm. Yeah, but like the thing for me, I only like a couple of the sour patch flavors right. in the okay. mix. Sure. I like getting the mix, but I don't like getting like a handful of orange and lemon, you know? It's mm. not for me. I uh, sour patches and I get that. Yeah, that mm-hmm, get back or, there. Mm, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, like, oh wow, too many of those. I shouldn't. I can't eat anything sweet. <laughs> but for, I like, crave week. it. I'm like, I know. Oh, I need that feeling in my life. <laughs> yeah, um, like a ten pound bag, motherfucker. God, um, <laughs> what a ten pound Jesus bag. Christ. It was really heavy. I didn't really realize it, how much was going to be in it when I ordered it. It's just like, I was like the first week of me being trapped inside and I was distraught and I was like, I'm just going to hit like mo- to buy on this one. Just going to do that. M- most people start as less than 10 pounds, right? 
That's bigger than an infant. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Okay. And the three of us in that apartment finished it. And Hell yeah. we'll, I'll Congrats. have you know that it did not take very long. Come uh, on. <laughs> um, you, you, April, April was a wild time. Oh, April you know what? Wild, fair. Wild time. Fair. Yeah. Fair. I uh, remind me, speaking of having laptops delivered to you, I so last week I talked about my power so my power brick not working anymore. It turns mm-hmm. out it wasn't that, it was the port on my my laptop. Oh, that so I had is, to get that a is the new, end of a laptop. Well, that's the end of a laptop. I would I it was like five hundred bucks to fix it. And at that point I was like, I'm just gonna get a new laptop. I've had this laptop for like three and a half, four years. Um uh, uh let me just uh, if I'm gonna put five hundred bucks into this thing, let me just put another whatever in and and get something. Um when it True. I got the most Austin Walker thing in the world. It hasn't shown up yet. So I'm like, not, I'm not, it's like, do I want to shout it out because it might suck? But, but (laughs) if it sucks, trust, I'll come on and say it sucks. But on the other hand, I think this fits in with our Death Stranding conversation. All right. Can we, can you cue up this video? Cue up this video with me. Hang on, let me open this. This is called HP Spectre Folio behind the design. Get ready All for right, the ready. single most ridiculous. It's actually kind of a Rob Zachney thing, but it might be so corny that it's more of an Austin Walker The opening thing. frame of this is very Viridian dynamic. Let me know uh-huh. when to press play. Three, two, one, go. Timeless. <laughs> Elegant. I can't believe I saw this until the I'm buying it. These are the kind of words. Oh, it's such a nightmare. For the worlds of high fashion and design. That's right. It really That's did just change. make a laptop. Mm. That These was are my like values. Introducing the HB Spectre. Who's stitching? Professors oh, yeah. that know how to leather. use computers. This is what leather this on is the for. Inside? Leather on the inside. It's, it's leather on the motherfucking leather. inside. You got an <laughs> elbow patch laptop. I got an elbow patch laptop. Austin, <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. It's all leather. Anything else? I love this shit. It's not a case. No, that shit rocks, honestly. Wait, what's up? There's no it's fan. Not just it's not just taped onto a metal case. No, it is the case. Uh huh. There is metal involved, obviously. Yeah, of course. With up to 18 hours of battery It's not going to be as... They've engineered a new chip out of leather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, it does that cool tenting so you can watch movies. I'm excited. Oh, oh my favorite. I had a Sony that did that. It was great. Yeah. Was this is just... Uh, if you scroll down, yeah. if you scroll down either here or somewhere else, someone is like, yeah, here it is. It's not... It, they are, they're saying that it's like the laptop reinvented, but no, says... Suvo, it's the Vio Fit Flip reinvented. Rob yeah. is Rob that is making, was my shit. <laughs> Rob is that, was, that was the best laptop I like ever owned. I loved that fucking thing. I still oh, have everyone it. Everyone who had a had one of those laptops was fucking crazy about it. It was yeah. like the Vita of laptops. Oh yeah. shit! Yes. Which is which is oh, what no. I. <laughs> Rob, we can't have matching laptops. <laughs> oh, I think we can, my friend. <laughs> I'm gonna have you know, I there for one split second, I was like, maybe I should pick up. See, this is what I'm saying. I wanted a cool leather laptop. Like, Wait, I um, where's the price? Damn you! Uh, it's so the thing is, here's my here's my caution with this. One is the chip is not as strong as you might want it to be. I think it's only a dual core, not a quad damn. core. But I got I got one with like 16 gigs of memory, so I can still have 50,000 tabs open, which is what I need it for. I mean, it's like it's a writing device for me primarily, um, and like research and watching stuff. Like I'm not gaming on it anyway, so like it should be fine. Um, I got it for like like the one that I got was not much further than 
further off than than a grand um, because it's from like a year ago, which means la- laptop prices drop pretty quick. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Uh huh. Because. Yep, it's really easy to make this mistake. And maybe you you should wait until I get mine, and I go, yeah. oh yeah, it's worth it. But the yeah, one I got was like three hundred dollars off. Sony man, I miss it. I just want I liked I, I was, what I was saying to. I, I was asking a few different groups of people like for tips on buying one, and what people kept telling me or kept asking me was like, well, what are you looking for? And there's like real answers to that, which is like a 16 gigs and you know minimum 256, you know, or 16 gigs of, of RAM, minimum 256 gigs of of hard drive space, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, or like whatever, 13 inch screen. Like I have those specific specs, but none of that matters because if if it has all those things, but I don't like it, then I'm not gonna have a good time with it. I what I want from everything in my life. Not to be like Marie Kondo is like I want. I want to like the thing in my life. Yes, yeah. it can be craftsmanship. It doesn't have to wrong be with this. I nothing. Can, thank you. I appreciate. The, thank you for for telling me I'm valid. <laughs> I don't mind things that don't have good craftsmanship if I still like it. Sometimes you like a piece of shit. Sometimes you like a crappy bullshit thing that's in your life because you're like, eh, I just like it. I just it's not made well, but I just like it. And that that <laughs> is what I want for my lap, for, especially from the things I'm going to use to work things i'm going to use like daily i want to i want to enjoy the process of being with it i I want to have this is in the way in which i am a synthesis of of patrick klepik and rob zachney which is (laughs) i deeply care about the user experience my experience of something i am just also like patrick which is like sometimes i like bullshit sometimes i like (laughs) stuff that's been spit and taped together but it's i like it god damn it i'm not just doing it because it's right there Austin Walker, I am in currently in the only place in our apartment that really has been fully set up. No, that's not true. The other place in my apartment that has been fully set up is my half of the bedroom where I've completed a uh, a wardrobe, a nightstand, and a vanity table. A vanity table, something I've never had, Congrats. but decided that I wanted to have a place specifically to sit when I put my makeup on. There you go. Because I've just like, I like, this like is your my space. My fucking apartment. Okay? Make your space your <laughs> in space. In my corner, in my little office corner where I record every time we do this podcast, there is this giant poster of a weed tree, like a weed plant, uh, as if it is an ikebana. And <laughs> I put that up there because I know it's fucking stupid. Right. I love it's it. It's your stupid. It's yours. It's my stupid shit. I need this weed ikebana poster. I need this flask that is covered in uh, bedazzled, covered in different colored gems and says mm-hmm. whatever forever on it. I don't even drink anymore. I just need that shit around. You just need that shit. I got you. I yeah, got you. you know, I spent a lot of time researching this desk and I have a, like a real metal filing cabinet. These are useful objects, but also oh, they are those. dumb. They're dumb things to own. And I, I acknowledge that, but I know that it makes me feel like I'm actually doing work when I'm at my place where I need to do work. And I need to teach it to my brain into like making me be productive. Yeah. <laughs> so. okay. Austin? Yeah. Yes. Mm. We, you will need to tell us about this when I you will. get it. To I'll, I'll follow it. up. Because I got a um, Lenovo uh, yeah. thing that I thought would <laughs> sort of fill this void in my oh. heart. It was a... Um, like it was a tablet that flips all the way around, etc. Yeah. You can sort of tent it open, which is great for cooking, but it's just mm-hmm. slow as hell. It doesn't wake up. It's got that, re- like, fully half the laptops I've ever owned 
have fucked up sleep settings where they're like, sorry, I hibernated, but that means I'm in an unrecoverable coma. (laughs) And like basically let's create some sort of summoning ritual to bring me back. So you have to tell me if this is good. Um, And then you said this thing's like a year old. Yeah. This is a failed product, right? Like they're going to uh, make it might another. Be. We'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see. This is the thing that's that's my question, right? Is like, is this someone? Is this is this coming out of some skunkworks lab where they're like, let's just make some weird shit and we'll put it on market, and if it does I super was... well, we'll make another. Or is this the is this one and done? Is this the Vio Flip whatever for 2019, <laughs> and I'm buying it in 2020? Really, really forward proofing myself here. Uh, that's not the word is. You know what I mean. Future proofing. Uh, future proofing. Forward proofing. <laughs> um, it has a liberating battery life. It does. Uh, which you is, need these days. Yeah. All the travel we do. All yeah. the working remotely. <laughs> commuting. Just imagine that how stuff. good that's going to be at E3. Uh, I can't I, wait. I think let me I, think I know the answer to this grave. already, Austin. Yeah. But yeah. were you a Microsoft Courier fan? A Microsoft Courier? I don't even know what that is. You don't know what so, this is? No, Microsoft uh, I Courier. About this, it was a. I think it was I a, was pro. Oh my god! It was a prototype. <laughs> See, I think I already know the answer to this. But Wait, it was a prototype. Is this like that phone that did the two thing? But it wasn't was. a phone. It was a mini tablet that was a book that so there, had a specific UI built in, meant to be only used look with the stylus. It's a DS it for grownups. It's this like is a DS if, for grownups. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It's like it's like it's like it's like um it's like a notebook. Like you you would replace your notebook with it. It was all oh, like stylus based want stuff, page stuff. Well, like I already I- want the the <laughs> Surface is putting out. Microsoft is putting out a thing called the. I don't know why how we turned into a tech podcast and like the most <laughs> celebrationist, just deeply. Like we aren't even we're not even trying anymore. Nah. Um, my, my meager French can translate this. Pourquoi la tablette courrier de Microsoft n'a jamais vu le jour? Thank Why you. the tablet, the, the, the courier Microsoft tablet never saw the light of day? Yeah. Yes, All it right, was well, just a prototype. Uh, well, and it was I the saddest thing when it never came out. <laughs> this is the Jay Allard one. Oh, is it? See that story what? of how the courier died. Steve no. Ballmer had a dilemma. This is written by Jay Green. Steve Ballmer had a dilemma. He had two groups at Microsoft pursuing competing visions for tablet computers. One group, led by Xbox godfather Jay Allard, was pushing for a sleek two-screen tablet called the Courier that users controlled with their pen, their finger or pen. But it had a problem. It was running a modified version of Windows. Oh. That ran headlong into the vision of tablet computing laid out by Steven Sanofsky, the head of Microsoft's Windows division. Sanofsky was wary of any product, let alone one from inside Microsoft's walls, that threatened the foundation of Microsoft's flagship operating system. That's that was the best part of it is that it had a UI. Of course it was. Of course it was. That was built for the fucking form, the physical form of it. Did you ever love just Good figuring news. out how fucking cool people who worked on the original Xbox are? Every time I, fo- <laughs> I follow, uh, what's his name? The guy who's obsessed with bread now. But every time he posts Blackly. anything about, right. God, he's right. so cool. Right. He just talks about bread all the time. He knows so much about bread. <laughs> I love him. Um, don't worry. Microsoft is doing it again with another project that does not have a release date yet. Though they, they annou- or I guess they're saying holiday 2020. This yeah, is the Surface sure, Duo. This is oh. this is. Are we watching this again? Are we? No, you can just you can click through this at your leisure. <laughs> okay. It's a Surface 
that so there's a there's there there's a surface neo that has like a fold over like uh keyboard and it's basically like an two ipads stitched together which is oh, kind of goofy no. but oh, then it's already ruined but then wait she pulls out of her pocket at 25 seconds the surface duo which is a notebook which is a pocket notebook that you there fold open <laughs> with a <laughs> flip screen cue. i know it's, <laughs> it's I'm yeah dead. Uh-huh. Music is, i'm dead the musical cue here uh-huh. is really a lot it's listen Everything that you do with uh, with technology is magical, and it, it needs to move the way your heart moves, and that means that an operatic singer needs to arrive as you open your phone, basically. Sing that really annoying song that like reminds me of Crazy Frog. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I, I would I like one of these, though. but I also I want don't think – I know I'd break it. It doesn't oh, have leather on it. Yeah. Also, I should note really quick, really quick – the leather used in the HP Spectre folio thing I got is like leftover scraps from a leather place. They are not going out and buying <laughs> fresh new reams of leather, at least. It's not like yeah. reclaimed leather or anything, but that's, so that's almost that certainly not. Then, so you're then not like going out and killing new there, animals. Which, let me tell yeah. you, there, there is more <laughs> leather scrap indefinitely until we've stopped killing animals for their skin, which is going to keep happening, unfortunately. Wait, is it animal rights hour? Because I'm here today. <laughs> are you... Oh, wait, do you have animal rights news? What's up? What's, no, what's popping? Well, actually, well, here's some animal rights news. Me and David bought these really great, this really great vegan brownie mix from this place called okay. Reclaimed that just uses the scraps from different baking companies and makes them into different mixes. Cool. Uh, yeah, all you need to make it is uh, water and oil, and these were the richest, most delicious, fudgiest brownies I've ever had. What if we just skip the rest of the podcast and just do endorsements? <laughs> Yo, I feel like I we mean, used to have a podcast that let us just do that, and I don't know where that podcast went, huh. but that was a good butt? one. Sorry. <laughs> wow. That's where it went. That's where it went. Trust, if it's that could still be here, it would still be here. Uh, we should probably take a break and then come back and actually talk about video games again before we continue going down this spiral of just, here's a Google link I clicked on last week. Here's a cool thing in my life. Uh, so we'll be right back. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I have been, earlier this year, I started uh, finally listening to the Revolutions podcast which we did a Waypoints episode on forever ago that I was not on, which is why I didn't start listening to it at the time. Um, and so, you know, my mind's been fresh, filled with with 
tales of the of the revolution, as you may know. <laughs> um, uh, and so when I realized that Banner of the Maid was coming out on Switch, I knew I had to get code for that because it's something I'd seen on Steam for a little while, and was like, you know what? Maybe this is maybe this will scratch an itch for me. Banner of the Maid is a mix of turn-based strategy and JRPG set in an alternate French Revolution with fantasy oh. elements. Wait, is you this are? <laughs> uh huh. What's up? <laughs> is this a? Wasn't this a Facebook game? Is, am I remembering that wrong? Uh, I don't well, know. Was it the the one where you're uh, uh, Napoleon's Here. like sister or some shit? Was that a Facebook game? <laughs> Hold on. I'm linking you. Uh, this is, yeah, I mean, you're describing the right thing. You were playing Pauline Bonaparte, the <laughs> AU sister of Napoleon. I may have misspoke uh, on the Facebook thing, but uh, also, yeah, this is the game I'm thinking of. It is, okay, so it's, it's, it is the most anime French Revolution. Also, right. the AU is busted. The AU <laughs> is busted in so many ways, but it's kind of fascinating. I think the premise is... I think the premise is that Marie Antoinette gets the Hope Diamond. Well, okay, so had already time out. We already had the Hope. That's real. To be clear, the Hope Diamond, I believe, was part of the crown jewels of France originally, Um, and she was known for just wearing the crown jewels because. Like, are Why you out of your like? Not? I guess you're just gonna, you're gonna wear them. Okay, that's cool. Anyway, they gave her magic powers. It seems, and what those magic right. powers allowed for was. Basically, convince basically seems to have been about bringing people's hearts around on the monarchy a little bit and <laughs> extending the period, basically holding off the 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 rise of the of the revolutionary power a little bit or kind of aligning them um, such that there there is a, a an earlier and firmer split between the sort of reformists, the radicals, and and the kind of uh, monarchists. I mean, the monarchists obviously had already split from that, but like the sort of left and the center split a little earlier. And so this is a world in which, by the time at which Marie Antoinette was supposed to be dead, the monarchists are still like an active f- faction in France. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are Napoleon's little sister, who is also a magical maid, uh, who who people compare to Joan of Arc? Uh, in fact, you get a banner <laughs> held by a re, no, you get a replica of a banner held by Joan of Arc early on, and it gives you a stat boost. Wow. Um, and so you're kind of thrown into the middle of of uh, uh, the the an AU French Revolution that's extended by another like ten years, so that Napoleon is even more around during uh, some of the early conflicts, and so that some of the early wars of of the kind of like the external forces coming in to crush the rising French Republic also are happening while in a period where like the king and Marie Antoinette should be dead, um, but are not dead here. And all of this plays out as a combination of, I mean, it plays out in, in kind of a traditional fire emblem mode, which is to say um, you have characters who have stats that level up that like literally the fire level up thing of like, oh, I hope this is a good level up. I hope that there's a, a really good, um, uh, I hope my characters get a big boost here. Um, and it has the kind of the weapons triangle of fire emblem, except it's more of a weapon circle. Uh, <laughs> there's like four things there. Uh, and uh, has wait. some real, what's up? That's a rectangle? Or yeah, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, or a or diamond. diamond. It's a diamond. It's a diamond on the screen right, uh, is what it go. actually is. Right. Um, but, you know, it's like a boop, 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 boop. It depends yeah, on what, yeah. how you draw the, the, the lines. Um, you know, a circle also has four points that are just connected by right. – anyway. Um, <laughs> this is this is the ways in which 
Wow, we're about to rediscover Euclid here. We yeah. are. We're about to do it. <laughs> In any case, it is it is super funny and weird to be like. Because I should be clear, this game is extremely anime. Uh, it's made by a Chinese developer named Azure Flame Studio. All of the voice acting is, uh, is in Chinese, though I don't know. Um, I don't remember if it's if it's. I don't know enough about Chinese to know to know uh, which which variation is being spoken. Um, and and it is filled with the sort of like archetypes of of that style of genre fiction of like here is your perpetually drunk and flirty officer, uh, here is your your like stuck up older you know uh, older veteran who thinks these the kids these days, but also. All of these characters are, or the bulk of many of these characters are just real people. So, like, when Lafayette shows up, he is there to represent Lafayette's position as a sort of moderate reformist in, in the revolution. When, Does when he eat shit? I don't know yet. I'm not far enough in. But I hope so. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it's no offense, Lafayette. Thanks for helping us out over here or whatever. But you fucked up after that, my guy. Um, the, 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 it is, it is. There was something so fun and funny about being in the world that is like one of the early choices I had was that I'm like walking through the streets and I meet a, a wandering shopkeeper or like like alchemist slash like pharmacist who is being accused. That's how it was. Of, that's how it was. And guess who shows up? Rose Pierre shows up and he's like, you're not – you can't be here. We believe in science now. Uh, you are, a, you are a, 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 you know, an echo of a terrible past uh, and, and we're moving away. Alchemy is in science now? No, not anymore. That- God damn it. Uh, you're a witch. He calls her a witch. I, everyone remembers Rose Pierre, wow. famous witch hunter. Um, and – it's goofy to be able to like intercede in a thing like that, but at the same time, I'm kind of having fun playing in a, a, something that is like is taking the source material more seriously than you would think it is in terms of like, well, now you're going to be deployed to Italy because this is where Napoleon kind of cut his teeth, uh, and you're like, oh, okay, cool, like that is okay. That's that part of it's okay. Like, okay, now you're going to be deployed to this battle, which is which is where the Republic confronted the Allied armies of the rest of Western Europe who were closing in on them and and, and, uh, and able to to try to crush uh, a quickly growing outsized revolution uh, and and kind of continue to support monarchy. And you're like. Hmm. Okay. I I do want to kick their asses actually out of my fucking country. Um, it is again extremely tropey. Let's say the character designs are excessive. Um, Marie Antoinette's breasts just keep going. Like the way you describe someone's <laughs> legs keep, keep going. going. Do you know breasts what I mean? Breasts for days. Breasts for days. People say that's what they say. You know what I mean? That's uh, definitely a flattering, appealing image to think about. Just oh, titties yeah. for days. Titties for days. Oh um, my god! Is it like that? Is it like the? It's like the castle in WAP. Yeah. yeah yes. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I will leave people to do their own looking up uh, the character designs in this game. And so, listen, if that's an issue, uh, please understand you are going to hit that fucking issue. This game is is titties out in a real well, not a real way. There are other games that are more titties out than this. Uh, but I'd say it's in that Valkyria Chronicle school of design. You know what I mean? We're like word really. Um, but also there's like a great update here about how they adapted uh, some of the military uh, uniforms of the era 
for for gender swapped and women characters and like that's cool. These are like some of these are pretty good. Some of them are rough, but some of them are dope. Uh, so I don't know. I'm having a good time with it. It's on Switch, I think now. Um, uh, it's also on Steam. So wait, uh, you're playing Pauline? Yes, you're playing Pauline. Okay. Who is who is a military Who's genius? Who's the one who ended up in Haiti during the revolution? Don't worry about it. Okay. In this world, in this world, uh, Napoleon <laughs> fights to let her go to military academy. Okay, so after Marie Antoinette uses magic to convince people not to kill all of the women, not all the women, all the royals, she then says, "Also, feminism now." <laughs> and Marie Antoinette <laughs> convinces France to to let women be in more active positions, which I guess is kind of an interesting technique given the role oh that God. women so this had. This is basically like Fire in- Emblem Rodham. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, fuck. so the military academies and all of the kind of professional academies open up to women. Um, and finally, some good jobs for women. And the uh, that's a home movies reference. No one's going to get that. Uh, and uh, that means that the the military academies open. And Napoleon, who has lost to his sister in chess, I think it's like. He lost to her 20 times but beat her 35 times. There's a great line where he's like, listen, don't take it too hard. You you beat the greatest military mind in Europe 20 times at chess. That's nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> Gets his sister into the academy and she ends up to be a tactical genius. And I'm very curious if it's just going to be like following in his footsteps basically. Like they just wanted a cute girl, Napoleon. And so she's going to be like – the the woman behind the behind the throne. Also, Josephine is a major character. You're staying at Josephine's inn. Josephine's running an inn. You kind of call her an old lady a bunch, and she's kind of like, "You're shut up. You're a child." And there's a fun <laughs> there's banter. You really have to be there for that style of anime, like back and forth. But if you are, yeah, banner of the maid. You know, I'm sixteen bucks on up. Steam. What are you gonna do? It's it's neat. Uh, it's just, hard. Here's the other thing I want to say really quick. It's fucking hard. It is like <laughs> it is like an old Fire Emblem game in that, mm. I mean, you can save in the middle of battle. Uh, the difficulty I'm playing on doesn't limit the amount of times you do that or how many slots you have or anything like that. So, like, it is it – is, there are ways in which you can kind of, like – Make sure you're not making mistakes if you're being conscious about it. But it is not a game where you're going to – it's not like the most recent Fire Emblem game where you can kind of steamroll things and your characters get strong enough that it's not a big deal. You're outnumbered almost all the time. You're, there are really interesting weather effects like you have a, a indirect artillery strike unit. Uh, but when it's raining, it takes twice as much ammunition to fire with that unit and you have limited ammunition in every, in every fight. Um, uh, there's like some really clever uh, design elements going on. There's like – um, campfires that, that are on most battlefields and being around those can recover your health. So there's a lot of like, okay, I want to, I want to position my people defensively here. And it does a lot of the classic firearm things that are like, I don't know if, if people have played the, the older games, but there are times in those fights where you're like, I don't want to kill someone. Cause if I, if I kill this person, I'm opening myself up for someone else to rush in and attack me in the same fight. So let me use a weaker weapon to try to keep the person I'm attacking or defending from this round alive and blocking that tile so that no one else rushes in. And th- the most recent Fire Emblem game, which I loved, did not require me to think in that way, um, especially towards the back half of the game. Uh, and so, and so, shout outs to Banner of the Maid for bringing the difficulty, and and uh, also it it is it is very it is very cool. I you know you grow up playing a lot of uh, uh, Western games and a lot of Japanese games, but playing a game from a Chinese studio in which you know you have Marat or someone yelling in in Chinese is like 
oh, cool, I do want to live in a world where more nations get into – more developers from different nations, from different ethnicities, from different cultures get into making uh, video games, including ones in which you have French people yelling uh, in Chinese. Please, more of that. That's just <laughs> cool to me. Uh, it's, a, it's a good sign that more people are getting into dev. So, Better of the Maid. That's my bullshit weird anime game of the week. Thank you. Beautiful. That, that's my book report. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Sounds really neat. I just love games that are like so unafraid and unembarrassed of being exactly the thing that they are. Yeah. And if it's not for you, listen, it's not for you. I get it 100%. Uh, but, you know. Um, yeah. Gita. I'm also playing, yeah, yeah some weird ahead. anime nonsense. Hey, I'm playing, playing Necro Barista. Oh, right. Which has a lot of things that going for it that I really like. And then some things. So this is related, I promise. Um, I started showing my boyfriend Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which he's never seen, because when we first started dating, one of the things that really brought us together was I hadn't seen as much Star Wars or Star Trek. Sorry, he would wow. tell me. I'm so sorry, David. I'm so sorry. <laughs> he was in the other room. I hope you didn't hear that. I haven't seen as much Star Trek as he has seen. And it's something that means like a lot to him. I and mean, he got me started watching DS9. We, I got obsessed with it. That was the beginning of our initial courtship. And for me, that show that I can turn on at any time and just like vibe, I, like I can fall asleep to it. I could just put it on. And Buffy's an angel, especially. I can't wait for him to get to Angel. Is like my shit. Um, and you know, going back to this show, it has not aged as well as I think Deep Space Nine has aged. Uh, I think Deep Space Nine gets more relevant with the day. I think Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's showing the limitations of this kind of feminist thinking that Joss Whedon was so interested in this, uh, it, it absolutely, you can see how well crafted the show is. I think still, I think it holds up on a writing sense. David is like, oh. I was not expecting this. He's laugh a minute with the jokes. Hates Xander. Thank God. But also the season the gags, two Miss Calendar thing, uh, like to this day, fucks me up. Like thinking yeah, about. Don't, the, yeah. yeah. He doesn't even know. We're not even at passion yet. We're Oof. not even at passion yet. So he's really like just at the beginning of the good <laughs> shit. We have this thing where we trade off days. So like one night it's Gita night and the other night it's David night for what we, you know, we're going to watch that night. It's worked out very, very well for us. Um, and uh, yeah, we are, we are, we are just at what's my line. That's where we are right now. What's my line part one. Uh, and, you know, going back to the show, a lot of it's really good. Some of it is just like I have to like look at him and be like it was a different time david like the existence of the character xander harris like all he does in the show is make weird sexual comments about buffy and then blatantly and openly hate all of the men that he she is dating and she just rolls her eyes like it's a cute little thing he does instead of like this really annoying invasive shit like he's not gonna she's not gonna fuck you like move the fuck on yeah necrobarista is a lot like that sometimes where there's a lot <laughs> like that i love like, yeah like the show oh. and then Xander shows up in the show, right? Mm. There's a lot that I love, a lot that I find really, really interesting. Uh, so, for instance, during the sort of visual novel parts of the game where they're pretty long episodic sequences that are framed in these really interesting ways, they basically every shot is like a, a, a gif from that Twitter account, One Perfect Shot, where <laughs> it doesn't show you the frame in motion or it shows you the beginning of the motion and then it's settling into a still image. But it doesn't exactly, it's not exactly animated, I would call it. It's sort of a, a, a motion comic, but um, a one that moves around a three-dimensional space. It's really cool looking. And the kinds of shots it creates and the way that it emphasizes the speech is really, really neat. It'll have these little highlighted words show up during those times. 
because uh, all the the writing is subtitled. And um, those highlighted words will show up again at the end of the chapter where you, the player, have to pick out the words that are most evocative to you. And they can be things like responsibility or family, or they can be things like screwdrivers or rent, uh, just words that just stick out in your mind as being important to the story. And the words that you remember can then unlock more parts of the narrative. Uh, right. It's a really, really neat concept that I really, really like. It's just sometimes at one point in the first like very long, very long like part of the game where you have to read, uh, they started making... The main character made like an internet meme joke, and it's just like my heart just like turned into a pile of goo inside my body, just dripping through are my like a, Are we talking like a like a, a Doge, like a Doge? Yeah, like an, meme she said, era. "It me." Yeah, it me. what a mood, it me. And I was like, I you can't. Is this supposed to make me like her more or relate to her? Because it has exactly the opposite effect. Mm. Like uh, the the dialogue in Buffy works because those actors are so charming. Right. Uh, and when you're just reading it, the the effect is not there at all. And you're just sort of like, there's a little kid character also. And that shit never goes over very well. <laughs> little kid character and she's addicted to caffeine, but she's also a mechanical genius. Oh yeah, I know that trope. I think I, I hate that this one. already. No, yeah. but sometimes, but I kept going because I was like, I can't just let my brain and body. Yeah, this. the how to explain like the core premise and some of the stuff uh, last week, and the core premise, I, I get why you would be kind of pulled forward for it. Yeah. A, you know, uh, I love it, and I think the stuff with the words is really fucking cool, and mm-hmm. I think the world itself when Ned Kelly shows up, like in that. You know, he mentioned the first chapter shows up in the second, which is effectively a prologue because after the end of the second chapter, you get like an anime opening. <laughs> it's so the great. The late title card is so good. <laughs> I know. Um, and like, yeah, that shit where I'm like, oh, this is just going to be as anime as fucking possible. And like, I'm totally down for that. But there's this like middle portion where it's like just internet meme jokes. And I'm just like, I can't. I don't know if I can, if like the good part is good enough for me to like live through this, like really kind of corny ass writing. Like I'm so allergic to corny these days, especially like I don't want you. I, I need sincerity and earnestness or I don't I'm not down with I it think, anymore. Yeah, a thing that I think about a lot is I will use a meme or a, a phrase in daily life, um, but I'm using those things as because my life is bad, not because they're good. <laughs> Like when I say it me, which I don't say that often, but if I did or whatever the the 2020 equivalent therein uh, thereof is, um, it's not because I think that's a good thing to say. It's because I'm exhausted and because it's right there and I'm not going further than that. And somebody hypothesized why I might buy a tactical vest. And all I could say to that was, yeah, it me. It me. (laughs) And that's and that's. Not the the thing that did the thing that gets lost when I see that style of writing used in games, especially because it doesn't get used that often in in like any other format, um, is that the characters don't have that the characters believe what they're saying is cute, whereas I believe what I'm saying is quick. And yes. and I don't there isn't that it's extra layer of it's shorthand for me um, yeah. and it's playful shorthand but it's also just like it is when I deploy a meme like that it's not because I think that the meme is necessary unless I'm unless I'm doing a bit which is a different thing than that sort of quick yeah. quick back and forth response and the game you know what is I mean 
genuinely of, funny right, sometimes right, too, right, right, which right. is what makes it even more difficult when you run up against these moments of like just meme speak. Where the game makes a joke, a joke about uh, landlords being the original rent seekers, and I was like, "Peh." And I, I like all the asides you get on these highlighted words. I, I've come around to them. At first, I was like, "I don't understand why this game needs additional jokes. They clearly want to pack as many jokes as possible into every frame." But the asides, I think, um, they help with that concept of these highlighted words being important. And they they sort of help you understand uh, the way, language, just like it brings to the forefront language and the way that we use language and the right. language of our oppression. Essentially, is like where it, it's a, I can see where it's getting there. You know, the the way that it's sort of chucking along towards that, sneaking yes. in these sort of uh, anti capitalist jokes amongst all the rest of the goofier ones. But uh, it. It really, in that moment where the character said it me, she was like extremely depressed at talking about debt okay. and like, you know, all that shit. Yeah, but it yeah. was very much, especially when the, the way that the game is framed, where it's all these st static or moving shots that move in a limited way that go into static. Every shot is framed like a punchline, though. So you, you can't just deploy it without it feeling like a deliberate joke especially because almost every sentence in every episode is set up punchline set up punchline set up punchline it's almost never ending so to get to that real moment of sincerity the moments that really connected with me like when a character you're in a cafe and blah 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 you know you're dead uh you only get 24 hours blah 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 one of those characters that's dead shows up and then the last line he gets in a chapter is he's finally introducing himself to someone he says oh hello i'm kishin i died today and that was an important, impactful sentence for me because it suddenly wasn't a joke. Suddenly, the characters weren't being flippant. Suddenly, the writing was actually treating the gravity of a life ending with like some kind of ceremony. Um, and then you go back into joke world. And it's like, I don't, is it, are there going to be more of, is it going to be more of that? Because I'm interested in that part. <laughs> I'm getting real flashbacks to the things like my love hate with night school uh, games in some ways, like after party was like this, where like just the nonstop and really voicey for lack of a better word, like they're like almost stylistic tick um, sense of humor and the just return to that sort of rhythm and pattern again and again and again, yeah. that does kind of make it tough to, yeah, sustain I mean, those I gear shifts. Whedon is, I think, a really good analogy to draw because especially when other writers try to do his sort of quippy, nonstop, jokey dialogue style, you can see where their limitations are as writers. Because it, it takes a, you got to have a lot of good jokes that always land in order to make that work. And yeah. for better or for worse, that is one of his, like, he always can make a joke land. He always can tailor a joke to a, an actor. And he always knows how to make those jokes not take away from a scene or to enhance a scene. And a lot of writers just think that by having nonstop jokes, you're doing the same thing, which is just are not. You, are you finding that Buffy is still working for you in that way? I know that that's like a side conversation at this point. But yeah, after the actually, kind of Whedon Marvel stuff and and like I, I, I doubt you my young taste at this point, yeah. given my response to contemporary Whedon. You know? Yeah, I know. Contemporary Whedon, for me, I, the bloom came off the rose so Ugh. fucking early. Like, once you, once you, if you've recently watched Firefly, give it one calendar year and then oh. watch it again and see how you feel yeah, about it. Yeah, revisiting Firefly, actually, 
a few years ago, like four or five years ago, is what made me go like, ooh, I really liked this when this came out, and I yeah. really don't like it anymore. Turns out what you liked was Cowboy Bebop. What I liked was Cowboy Bebop. What I liked was <laughs> some of those actors and yeah. and and their their camaraderie and their their banter and like there's stuff there it's that hard. I still sort of like, but as a as like a, a story, ugh, no. And, yeah. and even as even as as characters, I think some of them just don't fucking work. Anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, good on him for remembering that sex workers are part of most Western tropes. Bad on him for everything he did with sex worker tropes. <laughs> <laughs> like. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh-huh. bad on him for uh-huh. sure. Um, and explained later in much greater detail through his personal life. Uh, yeah, I, I, I find actually early, early Whedon still, wor- really still good. working for you. Yeah, really, really okay. good. And I think actually you can see how much better he works with as a part of a writing team than as a writer on his own. Interesting. You can see where other writers are pulling characters in different directions, where other choices. I mean, he clearly has little to no love for Cordelia Chase as other than a butt of a joke. Yeah. But then you can see other writers, or at least just the function of a television show, being like, well, this character is now a lead actor, so we have to give her shit <laughs> to do. Justice for charisma. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, Joss Whedon just destroyed her fucking career, man. Just absolutely tanked it because she got pregnant. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that, but <laughs> I really don't like Joss Whedon very much anymore. David Greenwald, Fair though, enough. I think he's tight. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on the fence about this. I'm going to give it another like session, another couple hours, because I like it. Like when it goes anime title card, late title <laughs> card shit. I love it. I love the mechanics of it. I love thinking about language in this way. But oh my gosh, sometimes the writing just makes me want to scream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of being on the the fence uh, uh, for games. Uh, Kato, I know that you were playing some Thousand Threads and were similarly like couldn't quite figure out if you liked it or not. Yeah. Um, so I started this uh, last night. It did. It did hold me though in that same way of like maybe there's something good here at the end. Um, to kind of go over. What, uh, did you end up uh, playing? Yeah, we talked a bit? about it. I played a ton of it. I played. I I couldn't. I similarly was like, hmm. I don't know if I'm. I, I don't. I don't think that the whole package works, but I put five mm. hours into it. And like okay. the night that I played it, I couldn't stop playing it. Even yeah. after I'd kind of figured out what it was and had some frustrations, I, I still like was compelled to keep exploring and being in that space and soaking in the vibes and delivering mail. Yeah. I had a similar, I had a similar experience in that. Like I started it last night, uh, like around 1130 and I didn't stop till 130 on accident. I thought like, I'll put a quick half hour in this and see what's up. Right. And then right. I kept going. Um, but yeah, as a quick reminder, it's essentially, um, you know, uh, open world, not, I mean, yeah, open world, like yeah. craft, there's crafting in it. There's, uh, you're picking up a lot of resources. Uh, you know, you hit a rock with All pickaxe. music to my ears so far. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Keep hitting me with these features. <laughs> um, you, you can hit people with a stick to knock them out. You cut, you can um, do it that, makes a distinction true. here specifically, too, about, like, having the different forms of like you know you can kill people or you can knock them out um and you're god have you killed a person yet i haven't killed I, a person i haven't i can't I imagine i found a, a dead person yes the male, right. the male carrier yeah yes i think that's i think that's that has to be scripted because that's I what gets you so. into delivering mail you know right. 
I found that person pretty late too, which was kind of interesting. As I do think setup. it's yeah, I do think that is ra- random, you know, procedural in some way because my friend Jack uh, found that person immediately, and it took Oof. me like forty minutes to find that person. So it feels like it sets up such a different kind of feeling of yeah, because like right? the first thing I did, you know, you find a person, they like you know, you say hi or whatever. The person, the first person I found was like, yo, so-and-so, uh, robbed, uh, (laughs) so-and-so, uh, uh, Annie robbed fucking, uh, Carl the other day. Go beat up Annie because she shouldn't do that or whatever. Um, And you were like, like, yeah, sure, because that's what a video game tells, a video game was telling me this is what this game is, I guess. Right. I think, I think it's also kind of interesting and I don't know how much of this is necessarily intentional, but, Something about the deliberateness of the inventory system and mm. not having like a hot bar and like quick swap feels like um, the, the the speed at which all of this happens of like equipping a stick, picking, yes. putting, pulling the stick up and then yeah. like, like bringing it down. Like there's a deliberateness to like when you go to do violence in this game that feels like. You have to you you need to be sure this is what you're gonna do. Like you've there's so many steps to get to the point where you've actually hit someone if yeah. you're going from unequipped that it's like, are you positive? This is what are you're you doing. Sure you you're sure you want to shoot this it. slingshot at this person or throw this right. rock or whatever? Um, yeah. Well, and I think the thing that I just hit on with talking to you about it and thinking about this is like that was your first mission. My first mission was someone who was like, hey. Uh, I borrowed this this watering can from a friend of mine. It might not have been uh-huh. a watering can, but it was something like that. And I'm just too busy to return it to her. Can you bring it over to her? And right. so I like did those sorts of little mini quests for the first 30 minutes. And so when I finally got to someone who was like, I just don't like Bill. I think that guy's a piece of, piece of shit. He always like calls me names. Can mm. you go like teach him what for? I was like, yo, I'm absolutely was, not here to no, hit that's, people. Sorry, that's exactly the one that it was. It was the like, okay. I don't yeah. like so-and-so. Yeah. Uh, he needs to learn a lesson. I held off on actually doing that because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that seems uh, like a lot. And that I talked like around and ended up being that uh, Bill had attacked like four other people uh, that all uh, wanted to, him to get hit. I was like, okay, Bill, all right, you need Bill, to calm right. down a bit. Yeah. Um, that's which is interesting, that's, right? Like, like this idea yeah. of like the way that, you know. And all uh, that's proc gen, uh, I guess, for people listening who don't know. Like that wasn't scripted. The this game has like a proc gen community NPCs, right? Like that's all that stuff is just pulling from from you know random or pulling from a bag and with some weighted way, in some weighted way or something, right? And like that part is interesting of like how it builds like this like little community and you kind of get these squabbles and like people fighting and uh, the 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 weird part is that at first you have no context for any of this violence, right? 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 right. Like you're running around and people are like randomly attacking each other and and you can either help the person that's being attacked or uh just you know not do anything um i (laughs) so for the one the missions that i would have to go attack someone uh, a lot of people you can you can trade with anyone basically um and a lot of people will have healing bomb on them so mm-hmm. I would go up to the person I was supposed to uh, yeah. merc, essentially, uh, trade their healing bomb, um, and then hit them, knock them out. That would make them me in the negative with them. Uh, yep. But then I would heal them to bring them back up, and then they would be in the positive, technically, even though they would say, uh, no, you attacked me, I can't. 
I'm like, not, I'm not talking to you right now, but they wouldn't be outwardly hostile. Right. They wouldn't be uh, trying to fight you or, or the next time you wander near them, they start throwing rocks at you, right. which can be a problem if you're trying to deliver something to their friend, for instance, right. or yeah. deliver mail to them. Uh, eventually. That was the thing. I, I had a deliver. I had a delivery to that person. I delivered mm-hmm. the things first and I thought, oh, great, that one's over. But actually the, the, the mission doesn't end until you go back to the original sender. Right, right. So by smacking her then and finishing my smacking mission, uh, <laughs> my stick-hitting mission, uh-huh. uh, I accidentally ended up betraying the person that I had already delivered the item oh, for. When I went back to that first person, uh, they were having none of it and chased me so for like a solid 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a solid 10 minutes through the fucking woods because they wouldn't stop and it kept accidentally getting too close to them. Right. Um, so all of this is kind of, I feel like, uh, interesting, but it's missing that layer of like, um, at first, well, and I guess this is different depending on what happens in your playthrough. Yeah. Uh, at first, it's missing this layer of like any sort of context um, apart from the violence that's happening. And then you end up coming across the, the, the mail carrier and you mm-hmm. start delivering other people's mail and that is and that re- seems to be reading it also yes if you're that's the thing me. is that you, you're reading all every piece base it tells you as you're putting it in the mailbox hey you haven't read this yet are you you want to go Are read this sure? first yeah. <laughs> you want to be like completely ignore the, the privacy of these people yeah and like yes i do well it's a game so i do uh <laughs> yeah but um then you start to get more context and that's kind of what started pulling me continually forward was like oh there are deeper layers here and i wonder how many other forms of whether there are other forms of communication and it's not other forms of communication but have you found an artifact yet oh yeah i got like three so there's a place so are you still in just the forest area no i knocked through the 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 boulder and got to the next area that's what all right so that's like the the, same each time too the boulder yeah, that's the, that's the same. Like the big, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you have to like get a pickaxe and and yeah. break it. Yeah, that's the same. In that second area, I think it's the second area. That's like the the grasslands, right? The kind of like wide open, golden. Like, yes, that's what yeah, I had. I th- yeah, it's either there or it's in, yeah, it is, it is because it's in the trailer. There's a building there that has like a bunch of like what look like old dinosaur bones sticking out of mm. it. If you find mm. that, you can bring artifacts or there's another type of thing to the person who runs that place. And those have story bits about the history of the land, basically. Okay, about yeah. the kind of migration of all the people here, the empire that used to exist. You'll start right. to find like other big, big, interesting locations. I think this game really succeeds as a walking sim where you're like exploring spaces and like seeing a cemetery appear through the fog and being like, what the fuck is going on over there? I I think that it's a little laborious to then go from I see a place to like finding a thing that's just called artifact, bringing it all (laughs) the way back to the grasslands, turning it in and having a guy go like, oh yeah, these bowls were used during the migration times and that's why we got the word for blah 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 or whatever. And like it's 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 like a little bit like using um uh uh 
blathers as your only method of telling the story about the world or world building. And it's right. like, I don't always want to go to blathers to be like, tell me a fact. Sometimes I just want to learn something by being here and seeing it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. and so, uh, and I get that it's just like, it's beyond the scope of this game. This game was made by one person in, you know, uh, who, who was raising a child at the time. Like I get it. There's, there's a degree to which there's a reach exceeding grasp uh, thing here, but that means there is a reach exceeding grasp thing to some degree. Um, uh, it is beautiful, and like right. I, I think you should keep playing it because I would love to hear your impressions as you get a little bit further in. Um, you know, I, I have a gun now, <laughs> um, with bullets, Wait, with different types of bullets and stuff. Yeah, yeah, oh my yeah. God. Which okay. I don't use to kill anyone. Uh, uh-huh. but I wonder how the game would respond if you did. Um, um yeah, badly, I suspect. Probably, um, yes. uh, but I, but like the the letter stuff is fascinating. There are so many like uh-huh. little interesting relationships that develop between or not that develop like are are developed in the in the kind of uh uh uh, uh, you know the letter sending between characters um that style of storytelling is really fun um and it's cool to be like oh you're the uncle of this other person right that that this other person was complaining about in their friend in their letter to their friend or or whatever you know some some equivalent there out there and then you meet that person right exactly (laughs) and i you know i think that like the dialogue system is pretty thin um and yes. i think that like some of the characters there isn't much there you know it's right. a little bit like talking to a character in a like paradox that, game yeah, where it's like this writing. is positive response to you know <laughs> you know yeah um, it, it feels but, like most of the writing went into the the letters and yes 100 100 percent. but god damn is it moody like there's like six yeah. or seven different locations and each one feels so distinct um, I hope you. I hope you are able to at least see the breadth of of what's on totally. offer because being in that there's being in that world like, is really really fun. Yeah, yeah. There's already like moments of like, hey, what's across that lake there? Yes, that seems yes. like a weird uh, structure. What is happening? Totally. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna definitely gonna keep playing it, but like, yeah, you're inspiring yeah. me. I'm gonna go back and probably put more time into it this week. Nice. <laughs> cool. Um, does anyone else want to shout anything out before we wrap up? Uh, Gita, I know you were playing that Game of Thrones game. Yeah, I was just about to say I'm playing that Game of Thrones game. That um, yeah. <laughs> this uh, game about the the beginning of the Night's Watch. They get it's clever how they get the wiggle room on none of this being strictly canon. <laughs> this is like a story of the beginning of the Night's Watch, but it's like the framing device is someone else is telling this tale, and oh, every teller bends the tale. So there's um. <laughs> Throughout the time that you are there, like you are uh, sort of guiding the decisions of various leaders of the early Night's Watch. And you, through your actions, you can uh, guide them towards different stories that they could be a part of. Um, one guy I elected as leader of the Night's Watch, he directed a raid on the wild, on the White Walkers that ended up with them. Uh, having half a mountain, like, put on them to stop them from coming to the wall. And that ended up being the end of his tale. Um, And it's, you know, it's really cute. I'm interested in seeing what happens once I have more leaders. Mm -hmm. What I do really like is that it feels like it's the perfect phone game in that it'll tell you you quite aggressively, hey, go away, there's nothing for you to do right now. Right. But whenever you want to check in on it, be it five minutes, ten minutes, a day later, you will have stuff to do. That's cool. It has such yeah. a cool look. I love 
It's sort of like three D watercolor vibe that it has going on, Uh, and it looks really good in motion as well. It'll give you a view that really is nothing except, uh, hey, look at the wall, (laughs) like just look at the wall, look at how fucking fucking tight it is. Yeah, it looks sick. Totally, and like all you really do in that, it's a cool (laughs) fucking wall, right? (laughs) Yeah. It, it allows you, uh, it's like the, the Game of Thrones show vibe of look at all the sick shit, yeah. plus the Game of Thrones book vibe of, well, here's some very interesting writing about all this sick <laughs> shit. Um, I also really like the music, too. I tend to turn this, the sound on on my phone, which I almost never do when I when I have it open. Yeah. So I'm interested what happens once I look at, once I see more of the stories. You can also start multiple saves, which I'm thinking about oh, doing. Oh, that's interesting. Good. Yeah, because David wants to play it, too. So I think I might grab it on my iPad, which also has Apple Arcade on it, so... And um, let him see how he goes hey, through it. Hey, is there anything else? Convince me to get back on Apple Arcade for this. And and that's me being not a Game of Thrones person and just being like, this seems neat. I'd fuck around with this. Is there anything else that's come out on Apple Arcade that I should care yeah. about? Necrobarista, I, I know. I was literally going to say But I'd play that on PC, on a TV or whatever, you know? Right. Well, here's the thing about Apple Arcade is that I've honestly still have it because I have it, you know? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I'm interested in the skateboarding game that is on it, um, but I have not really heard anything super interesting about it. There's a bunch of stuff that always looks cool that's on it, but nothing. I mean, I loved Pinball Wizard. I don't think anyone really tamed that. I want to play Tangle Tower. There's another game I really like, a narrative game um, that's just like spy shit uh, during World War II in Europe that I think Ooh. is really cool, but I haven't played a lot of. Assemble with Care is great, but if you know what's on there, yeah. I mean, you probably already played a lot of these games I in different ways. Yeah, I played ways. a bunch of these games in different ways. That's exactly right. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, you know, I, I think this Game of Thrones game is good, but I don't see lots of people coming back for it. For it, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, oh well. Waka Waka, Waka it's Waka. probably going to come out on not Apple Arcade. That's my too. thought, right? Well, you know? it's not on my phone, which is the damn thing in some right. ways. Yeah, not it's that I'm on my phone much, that much anymore, anyway. But oh it's God, built I for am. the phone or an iPad, like very, very deliberately. It's mm-hmm. built so that you check in on it every once in a while. Right, right. Good Sudoku uh, means I had never put my phone down anymore. Yo, it's so oh, right. are you fair, better at Sudoku fair. now? Huh. You'd ask if you were better at Sudoku. Uh, I had never played Sudoku before this app, and now so you're better at Sudoku. So yeah, yeah, yeah by better definition, than Sudoku. Yeah, incredible, incredible. I'm, I'm playing the expert level stuff, which is like the oh, third, awesome. third down, third up. Doesn't it feel good when you can get to expert level stuff? Yeah, I was like, oh, I understand what these numbers mean now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. I mean, you already did a bit about this, but the focus mode is very smart. And just like the way that all of this is designed had made it infinitely possible for me to understand the game of Sudoku in a way I could never really parse before because yeah. my brain's bad. So <laughs> fair, yeah. fair. All right, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna save my last thing, which is I started playing some Fall Guys until I get to play more Fall Guys Ooh. and where like I get through more games because that game is really bad getting you through a whole game in my experience um huh. also because i've been having a pretty mediocre experience with it and the people i know love that game and so i'm gonna i'm gonna try some more this week and at the end of the week i'll have better uh, experience with it yeah we didn't talk about by go ahead thursday i'll, I'll play some fall guys too yeah so we we'll can compare notes 
we didn't talk about the PS5 or the Sony event from last week oh, uh, because we already <laughs> talked about. I know. I, I it only just hit me that Fuck. we didn't do that. It's fine. It's That's you know, right. but I, I guess it wasn't shit. Damn, really? Is that how you feel? Is that how? Tell me how you really feel. It's all I can all I can remember though is Godfall. To be clear, like, wait, there's how are you a, not here to talk happening? about the Howard? I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's a, there you, was a trailer that you were, yeah would be interested in. Yeah, the trailer wasn't great. I'm Damn. holding on for Thursday when we learn more. I love I okay. love this about you, Rob. I love it. I sure. love that you are like, no, until Alan Wake himself calls me on the phone. <laughs> I'm not interested in your You bullshit. can't tempt me to uh, care just with some clacking typewriter keys. Hell yeah. And, you know, the callback to that one line. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know. That's that's where my heart always is. So yeah. <laughs> wow. You gotta uh-huh. show me wow. the ocean. Right. Listen, I'll be staying up for that pro- for that presentation, Rob, friend, <laughs> friend of my heart. <laughs> so let's compare notes. <laughs> so I will just say this. My theory is they got to tie off the Alan Wake stuff so that Casper Darling can live because it's the same actor. Right. Ah. Probably. And in terms of what my laptop, work laptop background is. Right now, I think you and I both know which character I would prefer to live through this encounter. I'm with you. I'm with you, man. Like, I like Alan Wake, but he's a bit of a cipher. Like, the world is cool. Alan yeah. is not. Alan is deeply uncool. Damn. Casper like Darling is yeah. the darling of my heart. Okay. Oh, my God. Just want him to sing dynamite to me in his underwear, please. Shout out to that man. <laughs> Congratulations to that man. Congratulations to that man. <laughs> we'll be back. Congratulations to you as you get through this week. Uh, I hope it goes well for everybody. We'll be back later this week with more. Um, as always, thank you to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You of the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. You can follow us all on Twitter at Waypoint. Follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. What about you, Kato? At A underscore Kato underscore appears. Gita. XOXO Gossip Gita. And Rob. At Rob Zachney. All right. As always, you know, I'm tired. That says the yes. If I'm being honest, you can hear it in my voice. It's been a long summer. We're going to get through the rest of the summer together. Uh, and we're going to do it by shouting at the top of our lungs. Fuck capitalism. Go home. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.
And for me, that show that I can turn on at any time and just like vibe. I, like I could fall asleep Uh-oh. to it. I oh, could no. just put it on. Oh, there you are. Oh, is that we Austin? Lost, we not lost just- you. That was not just me. That was oh, you. Boy. You just there was a quick cut, but you're back now. You're back. So, okay, great. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you, you're both forcing. You're both. You're both inflicting really long yeah. running shows on each yeah, other. On each other yeah. Bars. <laughs> yeah, on each other. Yeah, we had like our our, our our each other's. You know, our our show. That was our show. All right, my boyfriend actually went out and got me oat milk because he drank Hell the yeah. last of it. So let me put some in my coffee real quick. Yep. Uh, I was looking at release lists for the rest of the year, and it's like there's nothing coming out that I. There's nothing coming out that's big that I don't have serious like concerns or conflicted feelings about. Like the biggest things that are coming out this year that I theoretically care about are Watch Dogs and Cyberpunk. Um and that's and, and Watch I guess, Dogs is bad. And you don't like Watch Dogs. I will probably like it more than you, but that's just because I know who I know my tastes. Um, uh, but but I still may be disappointed. You know what I mean? Like I did not like. I know my tastes and did not like Watch Dogs one. So well, this one <laughs> that one feels like they looked at Watch Dogs two and were like, ooh, not that. Yeah, anything yeah. but that. So uh, like even there, the bummer. Um. Uh. But like, I guess Yakuza like a dragon. I'm pretty convinced I'll like. That seems like it'll be yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. Is that so? That's this year, November thirteenth, according to Wikipedia. The Wikipedia nice. gets stuff wrong. It turns out. Uh, shout outs and apologies to Jim Stormdancer, uh, who I used uh, uh, his pre-marriage name last week because because uh, the Wikipedia for Frog Fractions still used Crawford. Um, Do I smell French toast? I'm back. Hello. What is happening to this mm. podcast? Are you going to go get French toast now? I think there might be French toast. Baby. I mean, <laughs> yeah. If there's French toast being made, I don't know. That. You know what? We could just be done. This was a good pod. <laughs> What was that, 35 minutes? <laughs> and yeah. back on Five-star run time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what was that thing you said before about needing a longer vacation? <laughs> Fuck it, ma'am. Let's go. Uh, all right. Welcome back, Gita. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, what? Fuck. What? The window goes through it. <laughs> I don't care. That. Window unit AC goes Okay, so, like, in this photo... So at the bottom of the AC unit, that's where the little like bracket thing is, and that's where the air exchange happens. Yes. But then it just closes all the way through the thing through of the it. That's yes. in, that's so good. So all the part that makes noise is outside of your house. Right. Right. Mm. So it's like apparently, and there's said a window that, like, between you and it. That's incredible. Yeah, he did all of his highlight reel like voice recording with it on. Oh wow! I'm yeah. in. I don't yeah. even. I couldn't even use. Like I, I have an AC. I don't care. I kind of just want to own this thing. You just need it now. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is my OJJC. Yeah. So like in in a year mm. when this is like a hundred dollars cheaper, this is like a nice upgrade for Austin Walker. I was thinking. I would love Austin, it. I wasn't here on uh, Thursday. Um, did you have your hair cut last week or what was Thursday? That was the other recording. I wasn't here. I did have my hair cut last week. I was going to say, oh, hey, haircut. <laughs> How would you do that? Did you Where go to a place? We, I, no, I went home. I went home. Uh, <laughs> Jersey. Um, is there... Why don't I remember the podcast last week? Um, oh, I know why I wasn't on camera. Because I didn't have internet. Yeah. Yes, that was the whole I, thing. I had to call him phone. on the phone. I was like, I don't one. remember any of this. This <laughs> seems yeah. fake. It seems like last week was a little bit of a blur for you. It's true. It was. Yeah. Oh, fuck, one second. 
Just travel plus returning to non-internet. Yo, me and David went to the park down the street from us. Uh, an entire tree came down because of that storm. Oh, it was bad. Oh, yeah, wow. like from the yeah. root, it came down. We had no idea. Just piles of mulch everywhere. <laughs> Sounds like heaven. <laughs> I should have taken some of that home for my garden. Right. Actually, shit, next time I should. Um, okay. Let me close this thing set that says, how often do air conditioners kill people? Hey, I was actually wondering that. Did you get good evidence for how often they fall and kill people in New York? Not good evidence. I just feel um, like they must. One time, my friend told to. me a story where the only window she could put um, the AC unit was like directly above her bed, and she obviously didn't want, didn't love that. She didn't mm. really enjoy that happening. Um, above her bed? That yes, where her head horrifying. was. Oh, yeah. so that would be like a falling in scenario. I yeah. hate that. Yeah, and she one day got locked in her backyard. No one was home. It was like backyard, I say, like an alleyway with a fence yeah. around it, essentially. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, she got locked out there. She thought her cat had run out, so she ran out, not realizing the door was yeah. going to automatically lock. She was able to get back in by pushing the AC unit no. inward. In onto her bed. Onto her bed, no. and she looked so, down and was like, ooh. "That's where my head was." Thus, verifying her greatest fear, but also she got inside. That's, she uh, did I think get, you get inside. The in Hitman Blood Money, if you kill someone that way, <laughs> pushing their air conditioner into outside. Imagine no. all the phobias the Hitman games could just fuel if they just mm -hmm. fully leaned in. Mm -hmm. Rob, you sound loud in those peaky, peaky way. You sound peaky. Okay. To me. Uh, let me. Have you been on a, a thing that's fucked the thing like always? Gosh, I don't know, dude. Cementing so <laughs> my role as worst little sister. I I fully bought my brother this like really cute little bracelet for Rocky Bandan, which is like a celebration. It's for the sons actually, but. Mm. In my family, the siblings exchange gifts to each other, where you just give your, your sibling a bracelet that's like, I appreciate and love you very much. And I, it was the third. That was the day that that holiday was. Oh, no. Okay. Kato, <laughs> am I still loud? A little bit. Yeah. Did it change, though? I'm, I actually can't quite tell. Yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe it was uh, just because you were also being loud. Like vocally. No, I mean, it, I don't think I was. So, this is me on the mic. Is it bad? It's not it horrible. Sounds cool. It sounds good. Yeah. Too, but it just sounds louder than usual. So, I always worry that it actually ends up peaking. I am. Con I also sound a little bit louder on my monitoring. Mm -hmm. I am convinced there is something, but it's not Skype. Skype hasn't run in days. Uh, <laughs> I just checked my boost. So, like, I feel like now there is something inside the PC that is boosting my gain. Yeah. Great. A uh, podcast gremlin. All right. I'm ready. I'm not going to get to the bottom of why Niall Ferguson is trending. So I am just ready to go. Okay. Who? Uh, all right. Let's time that is. Oh, shit. I'm there. Uh, I'm also there. Ten seconds, please. All right. Sounds good. 
clapped really hard on that one. But. Yeah, I, I kind of got out of control. It went too hard. It's, it's a Monday. <laughs> you have that energy. <laughs> I spent a lot of Drake playing in my neighborhood over the weekend. You know, just a little over eager. Mm. <laughs> Bill's so big, I called him Williams for real. 